T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. The House of Representatives will not vote today on a bill to replace the Affordable Care Act. Just a few moments ago, word came from House Speaker Paul Ryan that he pulled the bill to replace the Affordable Care Act just moments before there was to be a vote. President Trump asked the speaker to do this. ABC's Karen Travers is standing by live at the White House. Karen. Aaron, this is remarkable. President Trump called House Speaker Paul Ryan at three o'clock after they had met at the White House earlier today for about an hour and a half and told the speaker to pull the bill. This comes after days of the White House insisting that there needed to be a vote. They said they wanted it this yesterday. They wanted it this morning. Even today, the White House press secretary announcing the time the vote was going to happen before the House leader even did that. The president was very much making it clear he wanted Republicans to try and vote against this bill after he had done so much work to convince them to get on board. And then this incredible breaking news that after all of the president's efforts, after all of these years, really, of Republicans working for this moment to have a Republican-controlled Congress and White House, that's it. It's done right now. And we expect to hear from House Speaker Paul Ryan a short time from now. He summoned members of the House leadership into a meeting, but he has pulled the bill. The House, short of votes, will not vote on a health care bill today. ABC's Andy Field standing by at the Capitol. Andy. Aaron, despite a full-court press today from the Vice President and HHS Secretary Tom Price, who were both up here on Capitol Hill twisting more arms, they simply could not get enough conservative votes, that Freedom Caucus, to uh, step over the line and say they will vote for it. In fact, they are worse off the Republican Party now than they were last night because they've lost more moderate votes because of some of the changes that they made in the bill, some of the essential health care plans that should be in there, the essential health care coverage that were originally in the Obamacare plan and in this plan originally were pulled out of the bill. And the moderates say, we can't stand for that. We cannot have a plan or any plan that says you're not going to cover things like maternity leave or mental health coverage. So this is an extraordinary moment here on Capitol Hill. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Speaker Paul Ryan is set to speak here on Capitol Hill in about 15 minutes to explain why he's pulled the bill and what, if anything, will happen going forward. ABC's Andy Field at the Capitol for us. I want to bring in our Deputy Political Director, Shoshana Walsh. He had said, the president, to recalcitrant Republicans, get in line. He campaigned on this. He said it was going to be easy. He said more people were going to be covered. What's gone wrong? Also, he issued that ultimatum last night, whether you're with me or against me, we're going to have this vote so that in black and white, we can see who supports the the president's mission there. And uh, we're not going to have that. It seems as though this this again came straight from the president to Paul Ryan. It was his decision to pull the bill, although we know if there isn't enough votes there, Paul Ryan would also not want it to, to vote there. So I guess the question is, what happens next? We'll should hear more about that when Paul Ryan speaks at 4 p.m. But 
Uh, this is something that Donald Trump campaigned on. But even before the campaign, this has been the singular focus of Republicans for seven years, ending Obamacare. Where does that go now? Where does that go now? Uh, let's return to the White House with ABC's Karen Travers. Karen, Speaker Ryan rushed to the White House today, told the president they didn't have the votes, and uh, the president had said, well, hold the vote anyway. How does he do that, and how does this new development, pull the bill, come about? The president wanted to have this vote, and there was a sense that he was almost daring uh, conservatives to vote against it. And, you know, the sense that we're going to take names then and we're going to know who it was that was not on board with this plan. Uh, The president made it very clear if this bill fails, that Obamacare stays in place. And it would be Republicans responsible for that. This is something they have campaigned on since this bill passed seven years ago. That's four election cycles. Republicans have been out there promising to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. It was one of the president's top campaign promises. He said he was going to do it on day one, Aaron. And now the reality setting in that this is not because of Democrats. This is not uh, anything connected to bipartisan negotiations. This is the Republican caucus not able to come up with something that they can all get on board with because there are so many vocal united factions that are very dug in on their positions and i think it's an incredible moment that you have the conservatives really flexing some muscles saying for days they were not going to vote for this trying to wrangle concessions and and changes here and there and ultimately this is a victory for them and a bruising defeat for the Republican leadership, especially Paul Ryan, who's been working on this for years. ABC's Karen Travers at the White House as Republican leaders abruptly pulled the health care overhaul bill off the House floor. They're short of votes. They are eager to avoid a humiliating defeat for President Donald Trump. Our deputy political director, Shoshana Walsh, is here, and this was going to be in theory, his first uh, major legislative battle. He's finding out the difference between negotiating a business deal and negotiating a political deal. Right. It's much more complicated, it seems. And this is a loss for the president. Yes, it's a loss for Paul Ryan. And we'll see if they're able to kind of make magic over the weekend. But of course, we're not talking about 10 votes here, Aaron. This is our last count, over 30 Republicans that are not on board with this legislation. It will be really hard to turn this around. So this is a loss for the president. And where does he go next? He said that uh, there was reporting last night that his ultimatum was that we would he would just let Obamacare, if he failed today, he would just let Obamacare die and move on to tax reform and infrastructure. But infrastructure, that could be even just as com- just as controversial. Uh, so where does the administration go from here? I wanted to return to the White House with ABC's Karen Travers uh, for a second, because, Karen, there was a meeting today with the House Speaker, but also the the Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin. Was that telling? Because Mnuchin's been whispering into the president's ear for a long time. Let's do tax reform and then worry about health care reform. I think you've certainly seen that the president, if you will, call it more of a passion project, tax reform than health care. I mean, there was a sense that in the past couple of weeks, despite the White House saying that the president was doing everything he can, you know, he he spoke to 120 members. He had people down here at the White House. He was making phone calls. He only had two rallies on this issue. He didn't give a major speech laying out to Americans why they should back this legislation 
legislation, why this was the right thing to do to fix the problems that he saw with Obamacare. And compare that to what President Obama did, which was a year-plus effort to sell the Affordable Care Act. So the White House will say the president did everything, left nothing on the field. But certainly, uh, I think you'll start to see him perhaps talk about other issues that he wants to work on much more positively than this one. But the idea was this is what they had to do first. This was the game plan. Karen, uh, who flinched here? Is this the speaker? Is this the president? Is this just the reality of of how the votes lined up? I think it's going to be depend on who you ask, of course. Uh, Here's how this whole remarkable thing went down. I think we should give credit to the Washington Post because the president called a reporter from the Washington Post just before 3.30 to tell him this is what was happening. And just to see some of the tweets that this reporter is putting out there, he said that the president says he doesn't blame Paul Ryan for this. So that's a strong message coming from the White House. But I think you're going to see the finger pointing. It's already really begun, but now really begin in earnest. And the president making it clear already this morning who might be to blame for this. He tweeted earlier, Aaron, that it was ironic to him that the Freedom Caucus, that group of conservatives, which he said are very pro-life and against Planned Parenthood, would allow Planned Parenthood to continue by blocking this plan. So it's already sending the message this morning that if this goes down, it's because of the conservatives who didn't get on board with it. But, you know, I think if there was a final vote count, it wasn't going to just be conservatives. The no's started flooding in over the last couple of hours as moderates jumped off, too. There's also a sense here in Washington that once you know the ship is going down, it's it's really easy to start jumping off. ABC's Karen Travers with us live from the White House. House Speaker Paul Ryan has withdrawn a health care overhaul bill from the House floor moments before there was supposed to be a vote. I want to turn to ABC's Koki Roberts, who's watched these votes go for a long time. Uh, Koki, it would have been unthinkable uh, for the Speaker to put a, a, a vote on the floor without uh, knowing that he has the numbers. I, I am gobsmacked. That's all I can say, Aaron. Uh, this is just so far removed from any experience that anyone who has been around Washington for more than 15 minutes uh, has had. I mean, this is the president's signature campaign promise. Uh, the Republicans have been running on it for seven years. And the idea that they uh, can't, first of all, can't get there. And secondly, that they would even uh, presume to to bring to talk about bringing it to the floor without having more votes than they have is just remarkable. What went wrong here, Koki? What went wrong is they didn't understand. How, first of all, they didn't understand how hard it is, and secondly, they didn't um, they didn't really count their votes. Now it's going to be interesting to see because if in fact uh, Karen is right, and Karen is a wonderful reporter. Um, that the Freedom Caucus, uh, the people who have sunk this, um, they could have some trouble because their districts went overwhelmingly for Donald Trump. And so this might not be the most comfortable uh, situation for them to be in. But, you know, the other thing, Aaron, and this is something you have to bear in mind, none of these people wanted to walk out. They always call it in the House, walk the plank. None of them wanted to walk the plank in the House just to see the bill go down in the Senate. And uh, that is something that I'm sure was very much at play here. Right. The Freedom Caucus members have no fear of losing an election, but far a different. General election. A general election, but far different for, uh, for, for, for members of the Senate. But don't, don't party leaders almost always win votes like this? Yes, sometimes, sometimes uh, with, with high drama. 
um, with keeping the vote open for hours, as happened with um, with George Bush's Medicare uh, drug prescription uh, vote, where Tom DeLay was, who was then majority leader, was was twisting arms, or or Bill Clinton's um, uh, economic policy, where uh, they had to keep um, keep the clock again running for well past the time, and and uh, Pennsylvania Congresswoman Marjorie Vinsky ended up um, having to change her vote to be the one vote to pass it. And as, as she did it, everybody on the Republican side started waving bye-bye Margie because they knew she'd lose her next election, which she did. Um, now, her son ended up marrying Chelsea Clinton, so who knows what the deals were made there. But anyway. <laughs> So, yes, it is highly unusual uh, to, to lose something like this or to have to pull something like this. We're yeah, speaking I'm with... Basically, we're speaking with ABC's Koki Roberts as House Speaker Paul Ryan withdraws the health care overhaul uh, bill from the House floor today. Uh, and, and this does seem to be, Koki, the, the President Trump is learning the difference between business negotiation and, and political negotiation. Is any further uh, bill as doomed uh, because he says he wants to move right on to tax reform and, and potentially uh, an overhaul of, of the nation's infrastructure. Those are just as contentious. Well, the question is, has he learned a lesson? Um, it has not been our experience with President Trump that he uh, backs down or that he uh, says he was wrong about anything. And so we'll see what he takes from this. But you're quite right. Those other measures are certainly as contentious. The difference is that they are not the things that he has promised over and over again to the American people. And, you know, repeal Obamacare was the the war cry of uh, Donald Trump and of many, many Republicans uh, for a long time. And so uh, their inability to do that is is absolutely remarkable. Koki Roberts of ABC News with us as House Speaker Paul Ryan has withdrawn a health care overhaul bill from the House floor moments before there was supposed to be a vote. Koki, thanks. I want to turn back to Capitol Hill with ABC's Andy Field. It became an act of self-preservation for some Republicans to turn away from their speaker and from their president. Yeah, Aaron, many moderates were worried about losing their seats to more conservative primary challengers if they voted no, but at the same time, they couldn't vote yes because their constituents were saying, we don't want these benefit cuts. A lot of them said they want Medicaid, especially in the states where Republican governors had uh, okayed that Medicaid expansion under President Obama's Affordable Care Act. So it became a big dilemma, and as the snowball kept rolling, as Cokie Roberts mentioned, uh, no one wants to be on a sinking ship, and Paul Ryan and the people who count heads and count votes up here on the Hill basically said, look, we just can't do this today. It's not going to work. And so who actually made this happen? Was it President Trump or Paul Ryan? Perhaps it was Paul Ryan, because he doesn't want to see his party and his speakership go down in flames. And we'll hear from uh, the Speaker of the House shortly when he is scheduled to come to the microphones to discuss his decision to withdraw the bill from the House floor. That's ABC's Andy Field up at the Capitol. I want to turn back to our Deputy Political Director, Shoshana Walsh, along with our White House correspondent, Karen Travers. Uh, Shush, this bill, had there been a vote, uh, it would have rolled back the expansion of Medicaid. It no longer would have required insurance companies to cover basic health services. It would have eliminated the individual mandate. Some of these things just proved to be untenable for varying reasons to various people. Absolutely. But also, 
the it didn't seem to me like the president or the speaker tried to sell the other side of that. Yes, losing these kind of benefits for a lot of or most of Americans uh, would be devastating, but they didn't even try to kind of push why the the it, it could be good for some Americans, for people who don't need some of these benefits, something that they kind of left to a very few Republicans trying to explain, wade through the, wade through how complicated this is. They didn't push that. Uh, I wonder now if they're, if they're regretful of that. Uh, another point that really struck me is yesterday, Nancy Pelosi, who obviously does not want to see the end of Obamacare, she was talking about how Donald Trump is essentially a political rookie at this, which of course he is, uh, but with, because he decided to, and Paul Ryan too, to kind of, who's not a political rookie, but to go forward with this, uh, before counting the votes that they should have gotten their votes together first and then gone, uh, kind of full, full steam ahead with, uh, pushing this bill and then of course them voting on it. We didn't see that happen. I think that's one, uh, one thing you're seeing that, that, President Trump is seeing how the sausage is made for the first time. Mm, sure. And, and, and Karen, Karen Travers at, at the White House for us, the, the, it wasn't just uh, conservatives. Moderates found reason not to like some of these things uh, a, as the bill took different forms. You started to see, Aaron, today some uh, moderates from New Jersey. Uh, Ohio was one of them. I think there were some rumblings among Pennsylvania Republicans about the changes that were made to appeal to conservatives. Something that we've been talking about for the past couple of days are these essential health benefits. This was a requirement in Obamacare that insurers cover 10 specific services, mental health care, maternity care. Conservatives have been asking to get those out because they say that that's what's driving premiums up on all Americans, people that don't use those 10 specified services. They pay more. So they did that. The Republicans shifted that as a federal requirement and left states to decide what those essential health benefits were starting next year. Well, Aaron, that became a non-starter for some moderates because just picture that headline. Republican health care bill doesn't require maternity care. It's not as simple as that. But that's the way it was going to be spun. And that's why you started to see some in the more in the middle of the Republican Party say, we just can't vote for this right now. And it's just a pretty incredible balancing act that Paul Ryan has had to do. You've got to bring on that very vocal, very cohesive conservative bloc who had a lot of problems with this legislation because they wanted more. They wanted a full repeal of Obamacare. This didn't go far enough. So then when you start doing that, you do it at the expense of the moderates. ABC's Karen Travers there at the White House. Our deputy political director, Shoshana Walsh, is with us. To Karen's point, shouldn't the Republicans have known this? They've had seven years to, to craft an alternative. Why three weeks into a presidency or four weeks into a presidency does it just fall apart? That's the question when I'm talking to Americans uh, on both sides of the aisle all the time. They ask me, well, we hate Obamacare or, or, uh, Republicans hate Obamacare. Why wasn't there an alternative ready to go? It, it's a question that's a little hard to answer. Why after seven years? And of course you have to remember all those votes that were taken on the, on the, on the House floor that were kind of joked about because they were never going to go anywhere to repeal Obamacare, but no, nothing to replace it with. And, uh, you know, they, they pulled this together and there's, People, conservatives and moderates that hated the legislation that were very vocal about it. But why 
all these years, weren't they working on a replacement? ABC News Deputy Political Director Shoshana Walsh, House Speaker Paul Ryan has withdrawn a health care overhaul bill from the House floor moments before there was supposed to be a vote. And we are told that President Trump called the Speaker of the House. Uh, he told a reporter from The Washington Post that uh, he personally asked Paul Ryan to pull the, the bill from the floor of the House. And we are expecting to hear from the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, any moment now as he delivers remarks at Capitol Hill to explain what has gone on and whether there is a way forward for Republicans to fulfill their campaign promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. But for the moment, there is no such way forward that we know about. Stay with us. This is live coverage from ABC News. I'm Aaron Katursky. Facing a crushing loss in the House of Representatives, President Trump today called House Speaker Paul Ryan and instructed him to pull the health care overhaul bill just minutes before there was supposed to be a vote. We expect to hear from House Speaker Paul Ryan any moment now. In the meantime, we go to the White House and ABC's Karen Travers. Karen, we're told that President Trump made this decision on his own even after the White House spokesman earlier today said he was determined that there would indeed be a vote. The pres- the White House was certainly expressing confidence still today, Aaron, and they weren't going to entertain any questions about what would happen if the bill failed. Uh, the press secretary was saying everybody was being way too negative today. But certainly the writing has been on the wall for some time now. Today, House Speaker Paul Ryan came down to the White House. He sat with the president for about an hour plus and laid out where things stood. And they had a discussion about what to do next. And we are learning from uh, the, the Washington Post, who's had quite a exclusive of the president calling them up, that the president did decide to do this himself. He just said, let's pull the bill. And we're going to hear from Paul Ryan in a few moments. But clearly, this was the White House deciding that instead of having this go down and the optics of failing on the House floor, the president's first big legislative effort going uh, up in flames instead just pull it i mean we're we're talking about you know the president of course wanting this vote to push republicans and daring them but at the same time can you imagine what that would have looked and sounded like when the gavel finished and the vote was done democrats would have had a field day and now republicans deny them that opportunity so one slight little positive for the republicans today on a pretty bad day ABC's Karen Travers with us live from the White House. On the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue is ABC's Andy Field. Uh, Andy, we're standing by to hear from House Speaker Paul Ryan to tell us what's up. Well, Paul Ryan exhausted a lot of energy on this for months and even years with his party. Seven years of Republican promises to repeal and replace President Obama's Affordable Care Act, President Trump himself promising care and coverage for all Americans during the campaign at far less cost when the bill actually came out. The Congressional Budget Office here on Capitol Hill told a very different story. A lot more cost for sick, sicker and older Americans, uh, less cost perhaps for younger and healthier people. And, and how much would it save the government here? Originally, it was uh, north of $300 billion cut from the deficit. And then with all the compromises they've made over the last couple of weeks and in, in terms of extending more coverage to some people, maybe a little more Medicaid for some folks, and, and cutting out some of the uh, the mandatory programs that you would get covered for, including uh, maternity leave or mental health issues. All those things would cut less from the deficit, and still 
put about 24 million Americans on the street without health insurance here. Now, the White House has argued back and forth saying that wasn't the case, that there are other parts of this. They called it the three-bucket plan, that this was only part one. But there are a lot of Republicans here on Capitol Hill that did not trust that uh, President Trump and his administration would do those other things here, and they they got antsy at the last minute, and they said, look, we just can't vote for this. ABC's Andy Field with us live from the Capitol, where House Speaker Paul Ryan is due before the microphones any moment now to tell us a little bit more about uh, the way forward here and whether Republicans will ultimately come up with a way to fulfill that campaign promise. It was just 11 days before the inauguration, uh, before the election, rather, when President Trump said repealing and placing Obamacare is one of the single most important reasons we must win on November 8th. ABC News Deputy Political Director Shoshana Walsh is here. Uh, this is a promise unfulfilled. Correct. And I think a lot of Americans voted for Donald Trump because of that promise. Uh, when it came down to it and Americans saw what was in the bill, especially those 10 essential health benefits that we've been talking about, how those could be pulled, mental health care, uh, care for drug addiction, maternity care, that it became very unpopular. And that's why you saw um, not just moderate Republicans against this, but those conservatives as well. What do the conservatives want? They want Obamacare to be completely repealed first and then taking a little longer to slowly replace it. Uh, that's not what this was. Uh, they feel like it was pushed through too fast. And now we're back at square one. ABC News Deputy Political Director Shoshana Walsh with us. Our political analyst Steve Roberts uh, is with us as well. Steve, what happened here today? Well, I think several things. Uh, Paul Ryan has been talking for weeks, really, about the difficulty for Republicans of going from being the opposition party to the governing party. And more than half of the Republicans in the House of Representatives have never uh, had uh, served with a Republican in the White House. And uh, for years, their whole uh, way of operating, their whole motive has been simply to say no, no to everything that Barack Obama has ever proposed. They ever got very good at it. But um, as Ryan himself said, we, the Republicans gone through a lot of growing pains, to quote him directly. Uh, and uh, when you're the governing party, you have to make compromises. You can't just say no. You can't just stay, stand on principle. You have to give and take. And clearly what happened uh, was that uh, particularly this hardcore group of about 30 conservatives um, still are in a no mode, still in an opposition mode, uh, unwilling to give and compromise and, um, uh, and, and come to a, a broad agreement with the moderates in the party. So that's one thing that happened. The other thing is that uh, you got to remember that Donald Trump, even though famous for having written a book, The Art of the Deal, um, uh, has never been in a legislature, uh, never served in a legislature, never been a, a government executive. And I think he badly misread the difference between negotiating a business deal and a legislative deal. In a business deal, he's been famous for saying, you always have to be ready to walk away. Well, you know, there's always another building to buy when you're a businessman. You can say that. You can tell, uh, you, you know, your business uh, associates, I'm just walking away because there's always another deal. There's not always another health care bill. And I think uh, so you've had growing pains not only among Republicans on Capitol Hill, but growing pains 
uh, for the president in the Oval Office as well, Aaron. We're speaking with ABC Steve Roberts, our political analyst. Uh, what now? Is there another option for the repeal and replacement of Obamacare to, to let Republicans save face? Or, or do we take the president at his word that he's indeed moving on? Well, I think uh, there is a certain uh, temptation to move on because uh, already uh, several of the president's other uh, chief priorities have been sort of sidelined, a major infrastructure bill and particularly uh, tax cuts. Uh, But um, it's very hard for the Republicans to say we've been promising voters something for seven years and we've totally failed. I I think it's going to be very difficult to do this in, in one major a piece of legislation. I think what might happen, Aaron, is that they will return to a strategy of doing this piecemeal, uh, deal with um, uh, this issue, uh, deal with, say, the uh, the subsidies for um, insurance in one small piece, the issue of Medicaid in another piece, um, and, uh, and maybe try to break it down into smaller pieces. But um, it's going to be very difficult because um, uh, clearly the Republican Party uh, is – deeply divided between uh, conservatives whose main aim is to reduce the cost of of this program um, and a lot of moderates who say, wait, um, this program actually benefits the same people who voted for Donald Trump in states like uh, uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio. And by the way, uh, even if they were to get through the House of Representatives, they'd have a much, much more difficult time in the Senate. Um, So, uh, I, I think that the, it's going to be very difficult for them to come up, to come back with a, any kind of massive bill, Aaron. If they do anything at all, I think it'll be in little pieces. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts. Uh, Steve, don't go far. We are uh, awaiting remarks from House Speaker Paul Ryan up at the Capitol to tell us a little bit more about his call or his uh, act to pull from the floor of the House the bill that would overhaul health care in this country and uh, institute a whole new set of priorities. We also anticipate remarks uh, a short time from now from President Trump, who's currently meeting with Medal of Honor recipients, and we will bring you those remarks uh, as soon as they are made available to us. So the president and the Speaker of the House uh, on this Friday afternoon are expected to, to make remarks about the failure of a legislative priority, the overhaul of what has become known as Obamacare, and President Trump has been on the phone with reporters from the Washington Post, from the New York Times, explaining his version of events. We will hear from him directly uh, in a moment. We will also hear from House Speaker Paul Ryan about the decision to pull from the floor the bill to overhaul the Affordable Care Act. So stay with us for those remarks and much more. This is live coverage from ABC News. I'm Aaron Katursky. House Speaker Paul Ryan is about to make remarks at the Capitol after pulling from the floor a bill to overhaul the Affordable Care Act. The decision came after a phone conversation with President Trump, who says he instructed the Speaker of the House to pull the bill that had been a legislative centerpiece of his campaign. ABC's Karen Travers is at the White House as we await the Speaker of the House, 
The president, Karen, has been on the phone with reporters explaining what happened. Aaron, this is just remarkable and so unique to Donald Trump that, first of all, this story, uh, the news broke that he was asking Paul Ryan to pull the bill through a tweet from a reporter that President Trump had just spoken to. After he got off the phone with the Washington Post, he's back on the phone with the New York Times. And Aaron, this is an interesting message he is conveying to these reporters. And I think we'll hear this from him in just a few moments at the White House. He's already talking about the Democrats here. He says that Obamacare is going to explode. This is something that the president has been saying, not just as a candidate, but in the White House as well. And that ultimately that Democrats will come to him and want to sit down and negotiate fixes or changes to the Affordable Care Act. And that's when something could get done once the Democrats get on board, because clearly, Aaron, they can't do it with just the Republicans at this point. So president may be looking at the glass half full here. It's also worth noting that President Trump has said very often that the easier thing to do would be to do nothing, to just let the Affordable Care Act stay the law of the land and watch what he said would be its uh, natural demise, that the system is so unstable that the Affordable Care Act will fold on itself as premiums go up and people uh, lose coverage because insurance, uh, you know, they're moving out of states and things like that. He said he was doing the hard thing by trying to change it. We'll see now what the message is after the change effort fails. ABC's Karen Travers at the White House. We expect to hear remarks from President Trump a little while from now. In the meantime, we await House Speaker Paul Ryan, who's been due at the microphone at the Capitol. ABC's Andy Field is there. Andy. Well, we're told that uh, the members, the Republican caucus, have been filing out of their meeting with Paul Ryan and uh, our producers out there who are outside the office right now said a lot of them were hanging their heads. There was a lot of talk of being disappointed, but standing by Paul Ryan. A lot of people said that they are just letting the American people down by not passing something this week here. A lot of frustration and disappointment. And one of the men who uh, was Andy, on stand by right there because here comes the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. say this before. Moving from an opposition party to a governing party comes with growing pains. And, well... We're feeling those growing pains today. We came really close today, but we came up short. I spoke to the president just a little while ago, and I told him that the best thing I think to do is to pull this bill, and he agreed with that decision. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Doing big things is hard. All of us, all of us, myself included, we will need time to reflect on how we got to this moment, what we could have done to do it better. But ultimately, this all kind of comes down to a choice. Are all of us willing to give a little to get something done? Are we willing to say yes to the good, to the very good, even if it's not the perfect? Because if we're willing to do that, we still have such an incredible opportunity in front of us. There remains so much that we can do to help improve people's lives, and we will. Because that's, I got to tell you, that's why I'm here. And I know it's why every member of this conference is here, to make this a better country. We want American families to feel more confident in their lot in life. We want the next generation to know that, yes, the best days of this country are still ahead of us. I'm really proud of the bill that we produced. It would make a dramatic improvement in our health care system and provide relief by people hurting under Obamacare. And what's probably most troubling is the worst is yet to come with Obamacare. I'm also proud of the long, inclusive, member-driven process that we had. Any member who wanted to engage constructively to offer ideas to improve this bill, they could. 
And I want to thank so many members who helped make this bill better. A lot of our members put a lot of hard work, work into this. I also want to thank the president. I want to thank the vice president. I want to thank Tom Price, Mick Mulvaney, and the entire White House team. The president gave his all in this effort. He did everything he possibly could to help people see the opportunity that we have with this bill. He's really been fantastic. Still, we got to do better and we will. I absolutely believe that. This is a setback, no two ways about it. But it is not the end of the story. Because I know that every man and woman in this conference is now motivated more than ever to step up our game, to deliver on our promises. I know that everyone is committed to seizing this incredible opportunity that we have, and I sure am. Talk about real people. Now you've got a law in the books to perform a horrible character you guys don't like, the White House doesn't like, but it's going to be the law for the foreseeable future. Do you plan to try to help it along and prop it up, or do you plan to just let it wither? Yeah, this is the problem. I, I, I worry. The question is, is, is we kind of prop it along and, and, have, and, and try and prop it up. It is so fundamentally flawed. I don't know that that is possible. Um, what we're really worried about is, and you've heard me say this all along, is the coming premium increases that are coming with a death spiraling healthcare system. Uh, that is my big concern. Um, we uh, just didn't quite get consensus today. Uh, what, what we have is a member-driven process to try and get consensus. We came very close, but we did not get that consensus. That's why I thought the wise thing to do is not pro not proceed with a vote, but to pull the bill and, and, and see what we can do. But I don't think the law, as it is fashioned or anything close to it, is really going to be able to, to survive. I'll, I'll, we'll see. We're going to go back and figure out what, what, what the next steps are. Yeah. Well, I don't want to cast blame. It, there is a block of, of no votes that we had that 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 is why this didn't pass. Uh, they were a sufficient number of votes that prevented it from passing and they didn't change their votes. Uh, we were close. Um, some of the members of that caucus were voting with us, but not enough were. And therefore, and, and I met with their chairman earlier today. Uh, and he, he made it clear to me that, that the votes weren't going to be there from their team, and, and that, that was sufficient to provide the vote, the balance to not have this bill passed. You all swept the House, won the majority with the promise of repeal Obamacare. Majority in the Senate with the promise That's of right. Obamacare. The White House with the promise of repeal Obamacare. How do you go home to your constituents and send all of your members home to their constituents saying, you know what? Dana, it's a really good question. I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, I really believe that Obamacare is a law that is collapsing. It's hurting families. It's not working. It was designed in a fundamentally flawed way. Uh, we believe this bill is the best way to go, but we just didn't quite get the consensus to get there. Yeah. Two questions for you, if you don't mind. Number one, the bottom line is Obamacare right now remains the That's law right. of the land. Is that going to change in 2017? Yeah, I don't know what else to say other than Obamacare is the law of the land. It's going to remain the law of the land until it's replaced. We did not have quite the votes to replace this law. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to be living with Obamacare for the foreseeable future. I don't know how long it's going to take us to replace this law. My worry is um, Obamacare is, is going to be getting ever, even worse. Actually, I think um, we were probably doing the Democrats a favor. I think we were doing the architects of Obama a favor by passing this law before it gets even worse, well, I guess that favor is not going to be given to them, and it's going to get worse. And so I don't think the architects of Obamacare, I'm sure they may be pleased right now, but when they see how bad this thing gets, based on all the projections we're being told by, by the plans that are participating in Obamacare, 
I don't think they're going to like that either. Look, five states, you got one plan left, one choice. Over a third of the counties in America, one plan left. And the kinds of projections we're being told from the people providing health insurance to these people in plans, it's going to get even worse. And so I don't think the architects of Obamacare envision this future. It's certainly not one we want for the American people. And I wish we had the kind of consensus we needed to bring a bill to the floor to pass and replace it. Um, but we just don't have that right now. Mr. Chad. Mr. Speaker, no, no, Chad. What about the political capital that was going to be? You have to keep the government open for about five weeks. The debt ceiling is doing some tax reform. I know you say that this is this part was never going to get into right. that part. How much capital do you burn on this today, and how does that potentially injure those other bills? I think our members know we've did everything we could to get consensus. This is how uh, governing works when you're in the majority. We need to get 216 people to agree with each other to write legislation, not 210, not 215. We need 216 people in the House to agree with each other on how to write a piece of legislation. We didn't have 216 people. We were close, but we did not have 216 people. And that's how legislating works. And so now we're going to move on with the rest of our agenda because we have big, ambitious plans to improve people's lives in this country. We want to secure the border. We want to rebuild our military. We want to get the deficit under control. We want infrastructure and we want tax reform. To the last question you asked me about tax reform, Chad, yes, this does make tax reform more difficult, uh, but it does not in any way make it impossible. We will proceed with tax reform. We will continue with tax reform. Uh, that's an issue I know quite a bit about. I used to run that committee. Um, I spoke with the president, the treasury secretary and his economic advisors uh, earlier today about tax reform. So we are going to proceed with tax reform. This makes it clearly dip more difficult. You know how the numbers work. It's about a trillion dollars. But that just means the Obamacare taxes stay with Obamacare. We're going to go fix the rest of the tax code. I don't think so. I don't think this is prologue for other future things because members realize there are other parts of our agenda that people have even more agreement on on what to achieve. We have even more agreement on the need and the nature of tax reform on funding the government, on rebuilding the military, on securing the border. This issue had a big difference of opinion, not whether we should repeal and replace Obamacare, but just how we should replace it. And that is the growing pains of governing. We were a 10-year opposition party where being against things was easy to do. You just had to be against it. And now, in three months' time, we try to go to a governing party where we actually have to get 216 people to agree with each other on how we do things. And we weren't just quite there today. We will get there, but we weren't there today. Mr. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to move ahead with phase two and three, oh, HHS phase two, and here with phase three legislation. And also, um, if you can just talk about how the conference is feeling right now. Uh, the conference is let down. The conference is disappointed. The conference, we were on the cusp of fulfilling a, a, a promise that we made. We were on the cusp of achieving an ambition that we've all had for seven years and we came a little short. We were close, but not quite there. Um, on your other issues, this bill would have made uh, what we call phase two uh, much, much better. Nevertheless, I think there are some things that the Secretary of HHS can do to try and sort of stabilize things, but really we needed this bill to make it better. For instance, risk pools. We believe the smarter way to help people with pre-existing conditions get affordable coverage while bringing down the healthcare costs for everybody else is through reinsurance risk or risk-sharing pools, which this bill supplied for the states. That's not now going to happen, and therefore, 
he won't be able to deploy that, that, that policy tool that we think is better than Obamacare. So we do, we do lose a lot of the tools we wanted to help improve people's lives and bring down health care costs in this country. Thank you very Mr. much, Speaker. Appreciate it. Live from the Capitol, House Speaker Paul Ryan, who scrapped today's vote on a health care overhaul that had been at the cornerstone of the Republican agenda. He, he said we came really close, but we came up short. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. And we await Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi, along with President Trump, who is making remarks at the White House. And we will bring you those as soon as they are available. You heard Speaker of the House Paul Ryan call this a disappointing day for us. ABC's Andy Field is live at the Capitol. Andy. Well, this is an extraordinary moment for Paul Ryan, who literally has uh, sweated and uh, blood and tears to get this thing passed. We saw, remember, his PowerPoint presentation where he tried to convince everyone Part of the problem here was that this was just too complicated for a lot of people to understand. In fact, the president, even at one point, uh, at least during the campaign, said this would be easy for him to get this through. And then when he got into office, said no one knew that health care could be this complex. Well, in fact, everyone on Capitol Hill knew that. And that is the problem, that there are so many factions up here, the Democrats, who... Even if they like uh, Obamacare, is what the Republicans call it, even if they like Obamacare, they knew it needed fixes, and they were ready to propose some of those fixes. Uh, the Republicans, some of the moderates, might have gone along with some of those fixes, but Paul Ryan and President Trump said they needed much more than this. And so this is the bill we have, which became kind of a Frankenstein's monster, where they had one plan and then they added more to the plan, uh, they started cutting some of the essential benefits, and all of that got too much, uh, was too much to bear for moderate Republicans who said, we cannot take these benefits away from our constituents who need them. And then on the far right end of the party, saying it doesn't cut enough, we don't want any government subsidies, even if it's in the form of a tax credit, and they wanted to gut the whole thing. It's impossible to please both of those factions, and that's why we ended up where we are today. ABC's Andy Field with us live from the Capitol. I want to turn to our political analyst, Steve Roberts, after we heard Steve, the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, say he was proud of the bill we produced, but he says doing big things is hard. Steve, he's had seven years to, to figure this out. How is this hard? Well, it's hard because of the nature of the Republican um, uh, Party in the House of Representatives. Um, the key thing he said was, uh, you know, for 10 years, the Republicans have been against everything. He said how easy it was to be against Obamacare, how easy it was to stop um, uh, so many of uh, immigration reform, to take another example. All you had to do was say no. But when you have to say yes, when you have to build something, when you have to craft a program, it's much, much, much more difficult. And um, there is it's not just that there's a core of Republicans in the House, Aaron, who are used to saying no. Um, uh, Judd Gregg, former senator, Republican senator from New Hampshire, said the other day, it's not that they don't know how to govern. They don't want to govern. Because governing requires compromise. Governing requires, as um, Ryan himself said, accepting the good, uh, even if it's not perfect. That whole way of thinking about politics is anathema to that hard core group of supporters. And so they weren't interested in, in, in negotiating. They weren't interested in uh, in coming up with a consensus product. They were just, uh, they, they still are in that mindset of we're against everything. 
so it's, it goes beyond this particular bill, Aaron. It goes to a much larger question of whether the, this, this group of Republicans in the House of Representatives are going to accept the responsibility and the obligations um, to be part of a governing consensus. Because if you're going to do that, you can't just say, my way or the highway. You have to reconcile your views with a wide range of other views. And so far, clearly, they have not reached that point. And that's part of the reason why Ryan failed today, Aaron. And it was earlier this month when former House Speaker John Boehner said, perfect is always uh, the, the enemy of the good, Steve. Uh, how much of that is on the president uh, in addition to the, the Republican leadership? I think uh, a significant amount. Um, this president has bragged uh, throughout the campaign that his great strength is as a negotiator, as a deal maker. Um, and uh, he has said that you elect me president and I'm going to cut these deals, whether it's with the Congress, whether it's with foreign countries. Um, and in his first big test, uh, he failed. Uh, there was all this talk all week about Donald Trump is now fully engaged. Donald Trump is the closer. Donald Trump is the man who is going to convince these Republicans to come across the line. And there's just only one conclusion today, which is he failed his first big test. And I think part of it is, you know, uh, Ryan talked about the growing pains of Republicans, but there's a lot of growing pains for this president, too. He he clearly doesn't understand how legislation works, and, and he doesn't understand um, how you uh, deal with members of Congress. You've got to remember, um, this is a guy who, uh, in, throughout his whole business life, has always been able to walk away from the table with negotiators he doesn't like. He's always been able to say to people, you're fired. He can't say you're fired to the Republicans in the House of Representatives. Every single one of them was elected on his or her own district. Every single one of them has their own constituencies. He's dealing in a very different environment in terms of how you negotiate, how you exert pressure, how you create a consensus. And I think it's a very steep learning curve for him, and I think that's part of why um, he failed to uh, get over the line today, Aaron. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts. Let's return to Capitol Hill, where <laughs> Democratic leaders are arrayed around Nancy Pelosi for their reaction on Thank the you. decision today. Good afternoon. I'm very proud to be here with the House Democratic leadership. The unity of our House Democratic members was very important message to the country. Uh, that we are very proud of the Affordable Care Act. Yesterday, as you know, was the seven-year anniversary of the president signing the bill, and the American people expressed their support for it. That message became very clear uh, to our colleagues uh, on the Republican side of the aisle. Today is a great day for our country. It's a victory. What happened on the floor is a victory for the American people, for our seniors, for people with disabilities, for our children, for our veterans, the uh, also it's not just about the 24 million people who now won't have be off of uh, uh, health insurance. It's about the 155 million people who receive their health benefits uh, in the workplace 
who will not be assaulted by some of the provisions that the Republicans put in the bill, especially last night when they removed the essential benefits uh, package. Uh, so again, it's is pretty it's pretty exciting for us. Yesterday, our anniversary. Today, a victory for the Affordable Care Act. More importantly, for the American people. Tomorrow is the 50, 51st anniversary of President of uh, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. saying in a speech that Mr. Qu Mr. Clyburn uh, quotes often to us that of all of the forms of inequality, the inequality in health care is probably the most inhumane and can sometimes lead to death. Uh, that was the spirit in which we came into this uh, debate, uh, honoring the vows of our founders of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, a healthy life, the liberty to pursue our happiness. So it's about our country it's a, and, our, and the vision of our founders. It's about our faith, and it's about uh, the unity of the Democrats united by our values. And with that, I'm pleased to yield to our distinguished um, a majority. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Democratic whip. Not yet. <laughs> this is a good day for the American people. We worked over years to assure that the American public would have access to affordable, quality health care. We went a long way towards that effort in 2010 when we adopted the Affordable Care Act. Much of the credit for passing that bill goes to uh, then-Speaker Pelosi, now Leader Pelosi, who was indefatigable in her advocacy for assuring that every American would have the security of having the availability of health insurance. This bill went down today. It went down today because the majority of the representatives of the American people in the House of Representatives thought this was a bad bill, went in the wrong direction, left 24 million people behind, raised costs for seniors between 50 and 64 very substantially. And everybody else would have paid more and gotten less insurance. And in fact, it was made worse uh, last night. Uh, where the uh, requirements for covering essential services was essentially gutted. But the American people are still going to rely on us to have that security. And I hope that we can work with the administration and with the other side and not just abandon this effort and not make efforts to destroy uh, in a, uh, indirectly uh, what we did not destroy directly today. That's our responsibility as Republicans, as Democrats, sent here by our people to try to make their lives better. Make sure they had jobs, make sure they had health care, made sure that they lived in a safe country. We will not abandon that responsibility. And we trust that our Republican colleagues will not either. And I'm pleased now to yield to my dear friend, the assistant leader, uh, of the Democratic uh, minority, uh, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. Steny Hoyer is the Democratic whip. whip. Jim Clyburn. I, I, I joined Leader Pelosi uh, in um, observing uh, the, the words of Martin Luther King, Jr. when he uh, spoke on this issue back in 1966 
It's kind of interesting, uh, Madam Leader. Uh, King used two words. He said it was inhumane, but he also said it was egregious. Egregious and inhumane. Nothing can be more egregious, in my opinion, uh, than saying to a child born with diabetes, you can never get insurance coverage on your family's policies. Nothing uh, can be more inhumane uh, than saying to a man with prostate cancer, a woman with breast cancer, that uh, you have run out of treatments and you can no longer rely upon your insurance uh, for treatment. I think that what happened here today was the fact that a majority of the members of the United States House of Representatives saw how inhumane and how egregious uh, this manager's amendment would be for this very, very important area of all of our lives. All of us have had real personal experiences with the need for health care and for treatment. And all of us know that no one of us can guarantee that we will never have a need for these kinds uh, of, uh, of treatments. And so uh, I am pleased and hopeful uh, that this step today will be a step toward the continuation of a more perfect union, the building of a more perfect union. And hopefully we can do that very soon with making the Affordable Care Act a better piece of legislation in a bipartisan way. And with that, I'll yield to our chair of our caucus, Joe Crowley. Thank you, Mr. Clyburn. If, uh, if you sense a little bit of exuberance on our part, maybe just a little bit, it's on behalf of the American people. Uh, the victory here today, the defeat of this legislation is a win for the American people, for not only the 24 million Americans who stood to lose their insurance, but for all Americans who have insurance today and those who want to have insurance. This is a big <coughs> victory. Uh, we did listen to Mr. Ryan's uh, press conference. Uh, we did listen to him about what lies ahead for the Affordable Care Act, which, which he has said is the law of the land from here on out. Uh, just remind that that law needs nurturing, uh, not neglect. Uh, he mentioned something in effect of letting it may fall on its own weight. Uh, we can't let that happen. He has a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to keep this law and nurture it, keep it, keep it moving. Uh, but I want to thank uh, the Democratic Caucus for its unity, uh, for sticking steadfastness and staying together as the chair. And one little point of personal privilege, and that is on the issue of New York. There was another provision in this, the Empire State kickback, the Buffalo bribe. Uh, you can fool New Yorkers sometimes. You can't fool us all the time. And today, New Yorkers were not fooled, and they weren't able to pull this off uh, because uh, it was the wrong thing to do. And with that, I want to recognize the gentlelady from California, the vice chair, Linda Sanchez. All right, it's Joe Crowley, uh, one of the Democratic leaders assembled at the Capitol as Democrats uh, react to the decision today from House Speaker Paul Ryan to pull the Affordable Care Act overhaul bill from the floor. This came just moments before the vote was supposed to be taken, and it apparently came at the behest of President Trump, who was on the phone with the Speaker of the House after about an hour-long meeting in person at the White House. I want to turn back to Karen Travers because we're awaiting the president's remarks. But he's already, Karen, talked to a couple of reporters uh, to lay out how he saw this going. 
We'll get to Karen in a minute uh, as we await President Trump's remarks uh, at the White House, which he is uh, making shortly. Uh, our deputy political director, Shoshana Walsh, is here. Uh, the Democrats are, are, are doing their best, uh, as we just heard, Shush, not to gloat, but they're clearly quite happy at the outcome. Definitely. And I mean, this has to be, even if it wasn't a surprise because of what happened over, unfolding over the last few days, it's still got to be so, a surprise for the Republicans in control of the White House, of the House, of the Senate, that they couldn't pass legislation that would essentially have killed Obamacare. Uh, you know, and it really what I thought was the most striking out of Paul Ryan's press conference is that he's explicitly said they were going to move on with their agenda. Reading through the lines there, that seems like they're abandoning any effort at health care. It was really striking, right? We're going to move on to the rest of our agenda to potentially include uh, tax reform and infrastructure, uh, things that are no less contentious. Especially infrastructure. Uh, of course, that was another big campaign promise of Donald Trump's. But even when he talked about on the campaign trail, Republicans talked about how controversial it was going to be. Uh, it, it's looking, especially after today's defeat, that uh, governing even in power uh, is going to be quite difficult uh, for the Trump administration. Shoshana Walsh is the deputy political director. The Democratic leadership is a raid at the Capitol, uh, taking questions from reporters now. House Speaker, or, or minority leader, I should say, Nancy Pelosi, uh, taking questions from reporters at the Capitol now. So very proud. Uh, we passed a shoot that. The infamous TARP, which I think is really why we lost the 2010 election. We passed bills that Barney Franks, they were the most progressive bills in terms of tax uh, refundability to low-income working people. The list goes on and on. Uh, so it's not a question of what the American people have seen me do with uh, Donald Trump. It's what we did as a matter of record uh, over a long period of time, even though we had our disagreement in my case on the war in Iraq, what could be worse than that? Uh, but uh, we always stand open. We have a responsibility to find common ground, uh, uh, kind, find common ground. But if it, it depends on the motivation. If the motivation is spite that they were going to pass this bill yesterday because it was the seventh anniversary of the Affordable Care Act, instead of taking the time to develop legislation to perhaps hear from experts by having hearings, hear from families by having hearings and the rest, and develop something within their caucus, and perhaps in a bipartisan way, hopefully, they might have had a bill that would be successful. Instead, as I said before in this room, they decided pick a day, and instead of deciding when they had the votes to bring it to the floor. Speaker says it was that came close. We'll never know. We'll never know. We had a big, long list of no's that we were seeing, and so I don't know how close it would have been, but let's not lose uh, fa any more face for them. They've lost enough today. But the uh, the uh, the fact is is that we have a responsibility always to work. In it. But right now, quite frankly, the reason that they lost was because of actions they took or did not take, but it's also because the American people weighed in. The f our phone lines were all deluged. I want to thank all the people who expressed themselves to members of Congress, either say thank you for supporting the Affordable Care Act or kill the bill, you know, whatever, whoever they're, uh, whoever, whomever they were calling. So let's, let's just for a moment breathe a sigh of relief for the American people that the Affordable Care Act was not repealed, which was their goal. 
House Speaker, uh, Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, old habits die hard at the Capitol uh, on a day when the Republicans failed to bring to a vote an overhaul of the Affordable Care Act. And indeed, House Speaker Paul Ryan said the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, is going to be the law of the land for the foreseeable future. And we're about to hear remarks now from President Trump about his defeat. This is live coverage from ABC News. I'm Aaron Katursky, a defeat for President Trump. The President and the Speaker of the House have pulled the Republican health care bill just minutes before the vote was scheduled. The President's marathon negotiating sessions and an ultimatum even falling far short of repealing and replacing Obamacare as he had promised. And the President, a few moments ago, had made some remarks on tape Two reporters at the White House were going to be hearing those shortly. ABC's Karen Travers standing by live. Karen. Aaron, the message that we're getting uh, from the president to the readout we heard is that uh, he's blaming Democrats for this. He said this was a very close, very tight margin. He said the bill likely was about 10 votes short and said it had no Democratic support. Aaron, just the math here, the Democrats aren't the majority. It's the Republicans. So, it you know, you're losing this bill because Republicans weren't getting behind it. But the president repeated that message we've heard from him before, that the best thing that the Republicans can do right now is let Obamacare explode. That's what he said. He said it's exploding right now with no Democrats supporting it. That's what's going to happen. And now the president making his remarks to reporters moments ago. The president in the Oval Office moments ago with the vice president and his health and human Thank services you very much. secretary uh, we were very close uh, it was a very very tight margin we had no democrat support we had no votes from the democrats uh, they weren't going to give us a single vote so it's a very difficult thing to do i've been saying for the last year and a half that the best thing we can do politically speaking is let obamacare explode it is exploding right now it's uh, many states have big problems. Almost all states have big problems. I was in Tennessee the other day, and they've lost half of their state in terms of an insurer. They have no insurer, and that's happening to many other places. I was in Kentucky the other day, and similar things are happening. So Obamacare is exploding with no Democrat support. We couldn't quite get there. We're just a very small number of votes short in terms of getting our bill passed. A lot of people don't realize how good our bill was because they were viewing phase one. But when you add phase two, which was mostly the signings of Secretary Price, who's behind me, and you add phase three, which I think we would have gotten, it became a great bill. Premiums would have gone down and it would have been very stable, would have been very strong. But that's okay. But we were very, very close. And uh, again, I think what will happen is Obamacare, unfortunately, will explode. It's going to have a very bad year. Last year, you had over 100 percent increases in various places. In Arizona, I understand it's going up very rapidly again, like it did last year. Last year was 116 percent. Many places, 50, 60, 70 percent. I guess it averaged whatever the average was very, very high. And this year should be much worse for Obamacare. So what would be really good with no Democrat support, if the Democrats, when it explodes, which it will soon, uh, if they got together with us and got a real 
health care bill, I'd be totally open to it. And I think that's going to happen. I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, because now they own Obamacare. They own it, 100 percent own it. And this is not a Republican health care. This is not anything but a Democrat health care. And they have Obamacare for a little while longer until it ceases to exist, which it will at some point in the near future. And just remember, this is not our bill. This is their bill. Now, when they all become civilized and get together and try and work out a great health care bill for the people of this country, we're open to it. We're totally open to it. I want to thank the Republican Party. Uh, I want to thank Paul Ryan. He worked very, very hard. I will tell you that. He worked very, very hard. Uh, Tom Price and Mike Pence, who's right here, our Vice President, our great Vice President. Uh, everybody worked hard. I worked as a team player and would have loved to have seen it pass. But again, uh, I think you know I was very clear because I think there wasn't a speech I made or very few where I didn't mention that Perhaps the best thing that could happen is exactly what happened today, because we'll end up with a truly great health care bill in the future after this mess known as Obamacare explodes. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh, it will go very smoothly, I really believe. I think this is something that certainly was an interesting period of time. We all learned a lot. We learned a lot about loyalty. We learned a lot about uh, the vote-getting process. We learned a lot about some very arcane rules in, obviously, both the Senate and in the House. Uh, so it's been, certainly for me, it's been a very interesting experience. But in the end, I think it's going to be an experience that leads to an even better health care plan. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Is it now your intention to go for tax reform, or what's next on your We'll probably be going right now for tax reform which we could have done earlier, but this really would have worked out better if we could have had some Democrat support. Remember this, we had no Democrat support. So now we're going to go for tax reform, which I've always liked. And you're confident in Speaker Ryan's leadership and his ability to get things done. Yes, I am. I like Speaker Ryan. He worked very, very hard. A lot of different groups. He's got a lot of factions. And there's been a long history of liking and disliking, even within the Republican Party, long before I got here. But I've had a great relationship with the Republican Party. It seems that both sides like Trump, and that's good. And you see that, I guess, more clearly than anybody. But we've had a, a great — I'm not going to speak badly about anybody within the party, but certainly there's a big history. I, I think Paul really worked hard. And I would say that we will probably start going very, very strongly for the big tax cuts and tax reform. That'll be next. Mr. President, sir, is it fair for Americans to let Obamacare explode? Well, it's going to happen. There's not much you can do about it. Uh, it's going to — bad things are going to happen to Obamacare. There's not much you can do to help it. Uh, I've been saying that for a year and a half. I said, look, eventually it's not sustainable. The insurance companies are leaving. You know that. They're leaving one by one as quick as you can leave. and. Uh, you have states, in some cases, soon will not be covered. So there's no way out of that. But the one thing that was happening, as we got closer and closer, everybody was talking about how wonderful it was, and now it will go back to real life. People will see how bad it is, and it's getting much worse. You know, I said the other day, when President Obama left, uh, 17, he knew he wasn't going to be here. 17 is going to be a very, very bad year 
for Obamacare. Very, very bad. You're going to have explosive premium increases. And your deductibles are so high, people don't even get to use it. So they'll go with that for a little while. And I honestly believe, I know some of the Democrats, and they're good people. I honestly believe the Democrats will come to us and say, look, let's get together and get a great health care bill or plan that's really great for the people of our country. And I think that's going to happen. You could have passed a bill in the House without any Democratic support. Why do you think you weren't able to craft a deal among the Republican Party? Well, we were very close. We were just probably anywhere from 10 to 15 votes short. Could have even been closer than that. You'll never know because you never know how they vote. But in the end, I think we would have been 10 votes, maybe closer. And but it's very hard to get almost 100 percent. You know, you're talking about a very, very uh, large number of votes among any group. And we were very close to doing it. But when you get no votes from the other side, meaning the Democrats, it's really a difficult situation. Will you reach out to Democrats now? No, I think we have to let Obamacare go its way for a little while, and we'll see how things go. I'd love to see it do well, but it can't. I mean, it can't. It's not a question of, gee, I hope it does well. I would love it to do well. I want great health care for the people of the station. But it can't do well. It's imploding and soon will explode. And it's not going to be pretty. So the Democrats don't want to see that. So they're going to reach out when they're ready. And whenever they're ready, we're ready. Do you, do you feel betrayed by the House Freedom Caucus at all? They seem to be the, the most difficult to No, get. I'm not betrayed. They're friends of mine. I'm disappointed because we could have had it. Uh, so I'm disappointed. I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, we really had it. It was pretty much there, within grasp. But I'll tell you what's going to come out of it is a better bill. I really believe a better bill. Because there were things in this bill I didn't particularly love. And I think it's a better bill. You know, both parties can get together and do real health care. That's the best thing. Obamacare was rammed down everyone's throat, 100 percent Democrat. And I think having bipartisan would be a big, big improvement. So. Uh, no, I, I think that this is going to end up being a very good thing. Uh, I'm disappointed, but they're friends of mine. And, and, you know, they got on. It was a very hard time for them uh, and a very hard vote. But they're very good people. What specifically are Well, I think we could have things that I would have liked more. And if we had bipartisan, I really think we could have a health care bill that would be the ultimate. And I think the Democrats know that also. And someday, in the not-too-distant future, that'll happen. And I never said — I guess I'm here, what, 64 days? I never said repeal and replace Obamacare. You've all heard my speeches. I never said repeal it and replace it within 64 days. I have a long time. But I want to have a great health care bill and plan, and we will. It will happen. And it won't be in the very distant future. I really believe there'll be some Democrat support, and that'll happen, and it will be an even better bill. I think this was a very good bill. I think it will be even better the next time around. And I don't think that's going to be in too long a period of time. Anything specifically you want to see change going from this bill to the next? No, I mean, I don't want to speak about specifics, but there are things I could have — I would have liked even more. But I thought, overall, this was a very, very good bill. And I thought Tom Price, Dr. Tom Price, who, who really is amazing on health care and his knowledge, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. Same with Mike Pence. I think these two guys, they worked so hard and really did a fantastic job. Thank you very much. Thank you very
Thank you. President Trump at the White House moments ago saying we were very close after failing to muster enough Republican support for a bill to overhaul Obamacare. The president said Obamacare will explode and he predicted health care will get worse. But he blamed Democrats for the bill's defeat. Mr. Trump said House Speaker Paul Ryan worked very hard and dealt with a lot of factions in the party. One of them, the so-called Freedom Caucus, that group of conservatives, upset any element of Obamacare remained in the bill. The president said he was disappointed and surprised by. By the way, the president also said that he never promised he would repeal and replace Obamacare 64 days into his presidency, when in fact on the campaign trail he said that was one of the things he would tackle on day one. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. And we're straight back live at the White House with ABC's Karen Travers. Karen. Aaron, the tone of the president was very interesting. He could have come out and blasted the Freedom Caucus, that group of conservatives that he has met with at least twice this week here at the White House. Many more phone calls as well to some of those conservatives. And they were the very vocal, very united faction that stood together in opposition. Instead, he didn't blame them. He said, you know, this was a tough vote and that this was a good bill, but there were things in it that he didn't like either. Interesting. Interestingly, he put this on Democrats, saying that it's really hard to do this. It's hard to get things passed without any Democratic support. Aaron, the reality is that was never going to happen. No Democrat was going to sit down and have a conversation about repealing the Affordable Care Act because they like it. They would have talked about tweaks. President Obama last year said he was always willing to talk to Republicans about tweaks, but they never could quite get there. President Trump signaling that perhaps that's where this goes. Right now, health care reform is done. He is not taking this up, certainly not this year. He has other priorities. But perhaps seeing how things play out over 2017, he wants to try and reach out to Democrats for tweaks. But Aaron, you know what happens then. If there are Democrats supporting anything that the president is proposing, that certainly means he's going to lose many dozens of Republicans in the process. ABC's Karen Travers live at the White House to Capitol Hill with ABC's Andy Field. Andy, we heard House Speaker Paul Ryan several moments ago say that Obamacare, for the foreseeable future anyway, is going to remain law of the land. Yes, Paul Ryan was uh, very disappointed. You could you could see the resignation. He has spent a lot of time, a lot of effort, putting uh, work into this plan and then uh, altering it to try to please both moderates and conservatives, which was a very difficult job to do. Interesting thing that President Trump said here. He said there's not much you can do to help Obamacare. He says we're going to have to let it explode. He doesn't want it to. He'd like it to work, but he doesn't think it can. And there's really nothing you can do to help it. Well, one thing they could do to help it would be to simply pass a law that says insurance companies can sell across state lines because the president uh, made a point of saying that some uh, uh, states right now don't have but one uh, insurance plan to choose from. Republicans and Democrats in a bipartisan way could pass that very quickly to solve that problem immediately if they wanted to. ABC's Andy Field at the Capitol, our political analyst Steve Roberts, on what you've just heard, Steve. Well, I think that, um, uh, as uh, my uh, colleagues have said, um, it's disingenuous of the president to blame the Democrats uh, because uh, Obamacare was passed with no Republican votes um, for years. Um, the uh, whole strategy of Republicans on Capitol Hill was to oppose everything that Barack Obama did. Um, you take immigration reform and pass the Senate with 14 Republican votes, never came up for a vote in the House of Representatives. Um, uh, you look at the um, nomination of Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court, never got a hearing over a full year. 
there's a lot of bitterness in the part of Democrats and a lot of resentment about the way Republicans treated Barack Obama. So the notion that somehow uh, Democrats are responsible for this failure and that Democrats are the ones who are supposed to step forward and help pass this bill just doesn't square with the reality of the last few years. Now, if, if, if it is certainly true that um, uh, the only way to get any kind of comprehensive bill through uh, would be with the help of Democrats. But um, the the mood of Capitol Hill is so hostile and so divisive and so angry that that really uh, does not seem to be uh, very much a likelihood, Aaron. Our political Analyst Steve Roberts with us, and a quick word from Shoshana Walsh, our deputy political director. Oh, really, just what struck me is what we've seen from uh, the Trump presidency and also when Donald Trump was on the campaign trail, that he sees his own reality. In his reality, this is the Democrats' fault, but of course that's not true. Shoshana Walsh, our deputy political analyst. I'm Aaron Katursky. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC News, honored. Winner for the third straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television and radio. ABC News, America's number one news choice. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.